on today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, Pastor Neil continues the series, The Mystery of Intimacy. Today's message is from Sunday morning, January 28, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. Today's message may not have the depth of last Sunday, but really it is a carryover of last Sunday, tucked away in this new series on the mystery of intimacy. I love this story because what is birth in this moment along with God cannot be birthed anywhere else. The first week I talked to you about the Song of Solomon and drifting away with God and not getting cold and complacent, taking God for granted. Week two, we talked about having passion restored when you're disappointed with God and God has let you down and we use the Emmaus Road and how their hearts begin to burn as the Word of God came alive. Last week, we talked about the birthing room or what I should say, the non-part of that where Michael made fun of David as he danced out of his clothes in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible said, and she had no children for the rest of her life. She rebuked the man of God because he did not care about what people thought. In fact, he told her, woman, if you don't like this, you haven't seen anything yet. Because he was tired of other people being blessed like Obed-Edom. And he said, God, I want your presence back in my life. I've come to preach to some people this morning. You played the church game and you somebody at your church. You've got the title and the prestige, but you know and I know God is absent. And you're ready to lay down all the titles because you're telling me now, I'd rather have his presence than your praise or your approval. Anybody feel like that in this house? So now let's talk about a woman who was barren. Before the story is, she's gonna give us Samuel, a man of God who would rebuke kings and prophets. Let's talk about that this morning. Would you go with me please The verse eight? Let's read together. It's a beautiful congregation. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, it's good to see you in church. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, then Elkanah, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? So Hannah rose after that she had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the high priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. She was in bitterness of soul, not bitterness, bitterness of soul. She was not bitter, but she was weeping, grieving in anguish and prayed to the Lord. My fault, I'm sorry. Would you go back one? Amen. And prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall come upon his head. And it happened. As she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Remember, this is the priest. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. It's amazing. Uh, I'll touch on that later. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away your wine from you. 
But Hannah answered and said, no, no, my Lord. I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. It's amazing how he cannot detect anymore those who are in the presence of the Lord. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. That's the verse. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken unto now. Those two verses we will highlight before I finish today. Two more. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition with which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. That's what I want to preach for a few moments. I want to preach on the birthing room. Things that are birthed in God's presence that cannot be made, conjured up, cannot be lied about or thought about anywhere else. But only in the intimate time with God can somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the birthing room. Today, I was ironing Ashton's clothes. Do not tell Jessica I did not comb his hair though. I did not realize that until I got to church and I told Brittany, can you comb his hair? Because somebody who's not full of the spirit is gonna tell his mama that I did not comb his hair. <laughs> but Ashton is smart and I was ironing his clothes and he brought this list from his toy box that had these new toys that are being made in 2018. And somehow, some way, he has already figured Christmas out. Now, I'm not talking about the spiritual part of Christmas, which is what Christmas is about, but he's two years old. Understand his mindset. But he's realized now that Christmas is a time of giving and receiving. For his life, it's receiving. So he said, Daddy, I can't wait for Christmas. I want this, 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 and this. And I said, son, you really like Christmas, don't you? Oh, I love Christmas. Because Christmas is an instant gratification for him. He asks, he sees, and grandmas buy. Shame on all you grandmas. Amen? You wouldn't buy for us, but you will for them grandbabies. That's what grandparents do. But in that same spirit, though, we're the same way in the church. We live in a society that everything is instant. It's, it's that ask and receive. I want it now. I want it my way. I want it fixed my way. And I want it now. Everything is done in the quickness of a moment. And nobody understands anymore that anything that's of value, anything of worth, it's going to take time. Hello. The hamburger at Burger King takes 30 seconds. The filet at the nice restaurant takes a little while. Uh, it takes a little while to season and cook it. But you know what? Both can fill you up, but that, that steak tastes a whole lot better. Can somebody say amen? amen? It's the same way with God. We are in this process now in the church that everything is instant. And we don't understand that sometimes and some things in God's sovereignty is not always instantaneously done. The reason is that God is working out something in our life that we don't understand and something that we can not see. Some of you prayed for a spouse for 20 years and in the 21st year, God gave you the man of your dreams. Aren't you glad that you didn't settle in a quick moment for that somebody who God didn't intend for you? Can somebody say amen? amen. Somehow in the church we have missed this because we think everything has to be done quick or it's not done at all. 
By 30, I gotta have a million dollars in the bank. By 40, I gotta have two million. By 50, I gotta have this. By 60, I gotta have this. And if I don't have what the Joneses have at 29, then God forgive me, then my life is out of order. And we don't understand that some things in the sovereignty of God doesn't make sense to this world and it doesn't make sense to us, but it does make sense to God. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and we cannot program God we cannot fix God in our calendars and our time and be satisfied to fool him with this cute and quick worship that we have now brought to the church in 2019 or 2018 I should say I'm a little ahead there we've made God be satisfied with, with worship for 5 minutes and 10 minutes and out by 12 and in by 6 and out by 7 and we pray on the way to work in between our social media and our coffee that costs $8 now we give God $2 the missions and buy coffee that costs $10 and we pray one minute and we Facebook for 30 minutes and we want God to make sense in this modern day society. It might be a little old fashioned and old school but God's not going to be pushed or fit or made to be in our little religious boxes. It's not going to happen. What we're doing by this new quick thing, this new quick fix and quickly done, we're asking God out for cheap dates when God is desiring intimacy from his people. We're thinking God's like the girlfriend that we broke up four girlfriends ago before we met our spouse and if I bought her the right meal and if I wore the right cologne and if I knew just what to say, then we might go to Sonic and have a cheeseburger together. You understand what I'm saying? God's not your cheap date. God cannot be fooled by your manipulation. God's not gonna be uh, caught up in our, our worship that's been somebody else's worship, somebody else's prayer, somebody else's sermon, somebody else's song somebody else's time and it was not ours because if we rob it from them it's not ours and if it's not ours it doesn't mean anything God would rather have two words of your vernacular than something that you read from somebody else who has a degree and a doctor degree God is looking for your pure intimate worship not cheap dates not cheap kisses not cheap things that we can fool everybody else with but we cannot fool Jehovah God God, I gave you what you asked for. Now give me what I want, when I want it. I wanted a child, God. I need a child. I wanted a new car, God. And I wanted this, God. I want it now, but you don't understand. If God gave you everything when you wanted, you'd have missed out on the great plan of God. If God would have gave them a little head here, Hannah, what she wanted, then she would have missed out on the greatest gift which was not just the child, but it was a child given back to God for God's service. Let's just jump into the story. Last week, I talked to you about Michael, how she rebuked David. This is the exact opposite. What we have here is a man by the name, the Bible actually say a certain man. I like how it phrases there. A certain man, not to be confused with anybody else, but a certain man chafed by the name of Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. Somebody say, oh me. Oh me. I say that because with his two wives living in the same house, most of the stress that he had was when one wife was making fun of the other wife. We'll talk about that. Two wives by the name of Hannah and I. The problem in verse two is this, that one of his wives had plenty of children and the other one that he loved the more had none. The Bible says she was barren, 
But each year, no matter what the situation, she would still go to worship. No matter if it was a good season or a bad season, no matter if that wa- the other wife who made fun of her had another child, for the Bible tells us there are many sons and daughters. No matter what, Hannah was faithful. And she would go back to the city to worship every single year when they would get there to worship, to make sacrifice. Elkanah would give portions of the offering to Peninnah, also to his children. But then when he got to Hannah, Roy, he would give her a double portion for the Bible said he loved her the most. He would give her a double portion because he understood her sorrow. He knew that she was sorrowful of spirit because she had no child. And Hannah would take that sacrifice and she would worship the Lord. Somehow, some way, the Bible is very clear. The Bible said that the Lord closed her womb. Can somebody say amen? That's the truth. The Bible said that the Lord closed her womb and what began to happen was Penelope continued to make fun of her. He might love you more, but you know what? I give him what he wants. Hello? I wish I had some good Wahala story to share about one man and two women, but I better quit because most of y'all are kin to everybody in Oconee County. <laughs> Somehow, some way, she continues to make fun of her. You may worship You may think you're all holy because you go to God in prayer and I hear you crying, but why does God give me the children and doesn't give it to you? Have you ever been there? When you're serving God and you're living righteous, but it seems like your sinner brethren, your brother who's lost and never goes to church, he continues to get the promotion. Your sister-in-law down the road, she's so ungodly, but somehow, 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 she's always got the newest pocketbook. She's got the newest this. It seems like her kids behave the best, but yet you serve God. You teach Sunday school, and the only thing you get is somebody that makes fun of you for your worship, makes fun of you for your prayer life, makes fun of you because you continue to go after God. I don't know who I come to preach to, but I come to preach to some beaten down, ridiculed saints of God. You still worship, but you know you're being made fun of. I've got some good news for you this morning. God may be late, but he's always on time. You may be delayed, but you're not denied. God will show up and fight your battle. Men, don't ever ask this. So it's probably the last thing in jest. But in one verse, I believe it's verse 10, he looks at her and he is sincere. He looks at her and says, baby, am I not better than 10 children? You notice that she doesn't answer him. <laughs> so men, do not go home today and say, hey, baby, am I not better than five children? Because you might not get the answer you're looking for. Let me give you a few things that the Holy Ghost showed me and then I want to get to this altar very quickly. First of all, when you're serving God and you want intimacy and not a cheap date, you've got to realize not everybody is going to be on your side. There are going to be people that ridicule our worship. But it should not be strange to us Pentecostal people. It should not be strange to us Church of God people. We have always, always, always been ridiculed for our worship. There are people that do not know our church who think that we have snakes. And let me tell you something. First of all, anybody who brings that up to us, it it really not only embarrasses me, they don't know who I am, they don't know what I am, and more importantly, they don't know scripture, and just to put it plainly, they don't know what they're talking about. Just because a few churches in the mountains who were uneducated desiring God doesn't mean all of us who may speak in tongues or shout handle snakes. Only snakes I've handled lately are those who cut people in the back. 
And I'll say, if you want to play games with me, that scripture is not about handling snakes. It's about advancing the gospel. It is set between two things of the missionary journey where he says, go out and spread the gospel. What he was telling them was that when you go out and spread the gospel, there is no I-20. There is no I-85. You're going to go places that do not have roads. You're going to sit in people's homes that do not have sanitized food. But if you do it in my name, it's not going to hurt you. It was not for the worship of the church. It was letting the devil know, you can't stop what I'm doing going out here. Brother Nolan, you can't prove that. Yes, I can. Paul said he put his hand next by the fire and a snake lit, uh, jumped out of the fire and attached to his hands and they looked at him and said, I told you he was a devil, he's gonna die. But in the book of Acts, when he did not die, he shook off that snake. Then they looked at him and said, he must be God because he did not die. And Paul said, do not worship me. I am a man just like you, but I know the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly what we ask. Why are we so worried about people making fun of us? Because we pray and we pray and we push prayer. Why are we worried about people laughing at us? And I want to be honest with you. Sometimes we're on the other side of that now. We, the, the church out there realized that we did not have a monopoly on the Spirit of the Lord. One of the best fasting books I've read lately was a church that's a non-Pentecostal church who was desiring more from God. And some of the driest churches that I've been to lately are church of gods who forgot about about the presence of the Lord. We still have the formula, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but we no longer have his presence. Can I tell you, it's time for us to go back to worship where we're not worried about being ridiculed. Let Penn and I make fun of us because we don't have what we won't get. But baby, understand this. It may not be here yet, but it's not over. It's just the third watch of the night. I've got another watch, and I know my God will show up in the fourth watch. It may not I'd always come when I want him, but somehow, some way, it always comes on time. When I couldn't pay the bill, when I was out evangelizing, somehow, some way, somebody would be in prayer and the pastor would call me, son, you gotta come by my office. One of my grannies was praying and the Holy Ghost told her to bring you some money. Let me tell you something, that's the God that I serve and I'm not ashamed of him this morning. I'm not ashamed of him this morning. Let them ridicule, let them make fun. He's a God that break chains. He's a God that'll pull people out of the fire. He's a God that'll break meth off of bodies. He's a God that'll get people off prescription drugs. He's a God that'll put families back together. He's a God that'll pull devils out of the deep pits of the soul. He's not a dead God. He's not a dry God. He's not a God sitting on some restaurant statue. He's a God that dwells in the heart of man and he's alive to work today. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. We worried about what they say about us. The problem is they don't say it about us anymore. It's just a few who visited us a long time ago. Brother Nola, have you ever had that? Oh, absolutely. I'm never invited back to any high school functions because I'm a Pentecostal preacher. Even in Wahala when I first got here, they found out I pastored this church. They thought, oh, y'all the ones that hang from the chandeliers. I'd love to see that. Anybody can get up there. <laughs> Holy Ghost, have your way in his house. <laughs> Could you see Joe Singleton hanging up here and Isaac Williamson hanging up here? Amen. I know it's an expression, but so be it. But really, they're not really killing us anymore because we pretty much tamed ourselves down. 
until we need him. And that's the good thing because we do know him, don't we? This lady continued to ridicule her. But something, let me move quickly. But Hannah does something that I think is amazing. I want to stay a little longer there on why God's unfair, but let me move quickly. But Hannah does something in the midst of her pain that I think is amazing. She never quits. She's faithful. Every year to worship, I know what you're thinking, but Brother Nolan, her husband, made her. No, 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 no. He could have took her to the building, to the tent, but he can't make her worship. You can bring Sugar Plum to church with you and tell him, if you're gonna date me, you gotta go to church, but you can't make him worship. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but this is ordained by God. Let me tell you something. You can bring them here, but you can't make them worship. Hannah was faithful. She doesn't change year after year. Made fun of, but cry out to God. Made fun of by a wicked woman, but cry out to God. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. She doesn't change, and God doesn't change. Year by year, she comes. And then one year, something happens. And Joy, I call this a don't care prayer. Something begins to happen. It's not a rehearsed prayer. It's not a prayer that was manipulative with God. It's not a prayer that was done just once. She was faithful, but something happens and she loses herself in her prayer. The Bible said, go back to verse 15 if you would please. The Bible said that she prays so much that she empties out her soul. Are you listening? Can I tell you something? You haven't prayed till you pour yourself out. This is the drink offering to God. Father, I want you to touch my children. God, I, I want you. Uh, Brother Nola, I don't have your personality. I don't have a loud personality. That, that you don't know me. Those who are here on Monday night will tell you that generally when I'm praying the most, I'm weeping somewhere. I may have a, a joyful preaching style of passion, I would call it, not ignorance, passion, but my prayer life is really when I get lost with God. See, she understood that. She pours herself out. Listen to me. If your problem is not big enough for you to be faithful, to endure the ridicule, and then pour yourself out, you don't have a problem. Brother Nola, I need you to pray. Fine, I'll pray, but don't let me do your job. If your child is lost and you're dependent from the, you're depending on the leadership of this church only, then you fooled yourself. It is your job to go to God. He is your God. You are, sir, the priest of your home before me. You should take your wife and your children into the presence of the Lord. You might have to turn the TV off. You might have to turn the ball game off. You might have to pull yourself in prayer. If your kids do not know where your prayer closet is, then you might have trouble in your home. Mm, I felt that. She loses herself. It sounds like the book of Acts. She loses herself in prayer. I don't know what happens. I just know she, the Bible said she pours herself empty. God, I can't take it no more. God, today you're getting all of me. My problems, my faults, all that I am, I pour myself 
out. God, I left. I got saved, but my family's pulling me back. God, I, I'm, I'm do, trying to be a good Christian and a good sister. There is a lady in this house. You're the only one saved in your family, and you're fighting against your family. I want you to hear me. You love them. You, you support them even from a distance, but you do not jeopardize your faith for nobody. Now, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I know what the Holy Ghost just said. Don't think you've got to ride off with them. Don't think you've got to go shopping with them. I know they call you high-minded and church whatever. You keep your relationship with Almighty God and show them the right way to live. So she pours herself out. I can hear the ridicule coming. Who does she think she is? Michael, when David came back, David was dancing so much joy that he danced out his clothes. Michael looks out the window and says, how dare you? You're supposed to be the king. You're lowering yourself. The only thing David could say, I know how it feels to be without his presence. And he tells her, woman, if you think this is something, you haven't seen anything yet. I know I scare Aiden sometimes. Last Monday night, he was in prayer meeting with me. Jessica was going to Columbia. Denise, her whole house was sick. We had a wonderful prayer meeting. But something happened with him Monday night. We left church. He said, Daddy, tell me about the Holy Ghost. Tell me about tongues. So we begin to talk. See, some of us are afraid that we might make our kids so uncomfortable now listen, I'm not going to try to embarrass him, but you hear me. I'm not afraid of pulling out a bottle of anointing oil either at school. Preacher, you crazy. I might have to be to get him through school. It might take two bottles, but we're going to do it with the help of the Holy Ghost. I told him I will show up. I said, if she tells me that again, I'm going to show up. Not only am I going to discipline you from the whole class, I'm going to ask her, can I pray? And I told you, I said, son, you know when I pray, it's not going to be that cute little prayer and let you out there. I'm going to pray until the Holy Ghost comes down. Daddy, you ain't got no more trouble. I, I, I'm good. I, I'm good. We got too many Michaels in the church. We are afraid that we might be kicked out of the country club. We are afraid that we might be kicked off the church board. I'm not saying going to put on a show. I'm not telling you to go get in the flesh. That's the last thing we need is some people to go to work tomorrow and be in the flesh. But you hear me, there's gonna come a storm and there's gonna come a trial. You ain't even gotta say nothing. You just keep going back to your prayer closet and somebody in your job's gonna see you. Instead of you listening to the dirty joke at work, they're gonna see you keep going at lunch to the prayer closet. I made a pact with God when I worked for my father. I'm not gonna listen to one more dirty joke. So I put the New Testament in my pocket and every day at lunch, I went right by myself to my skitter when I worked in the logging business. And I know what some of you are thinking. Preacher, I can't believe you did work like that. Yes, I did, believe it or not. And I would go to my skitter and I'd shut myself door and I'd try to take that word of God and put it in my heart and I'd pray till the Holy Ghost came down. Did you like it? No, I didn't like it. I was lonely, but I wanted God more than I did what I wanted to hear in the flesh. I come and preach to somebody. You ain't got to put on a show, but listen to me. Quit worrying about the Michaels of this world. Quit worrying about the penalized of this world and you let the devil know you hadn't seen nothing yet. I'm not drunk. I'm not in the flesh, but I am in the presence of Almighty God, and God is in my life. Yeah. 
real quickly, five minutes. She begins to pour out and she is not speaking, but her lips are moving. The old church used to call it, anybody know? Somebody just said it, stammering lips. That's an old phrase from a time gone by. They used to call it stammering lips. Well, the Holy Ghost would be on somebody. Nothing would be coming out, but they would start just stammering their lips. And all of a sudden, most of the time, there'd be some granny in a corner and she'd start welling in the spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Some half of us and the, the priest who, who knew God, but not where he should be and it cost him and it cost his children because the Bible said they were laying with women at the temple door. But anyway, the Bible says that he looks to her and rebukes her. I feel him. And says, woman, how dare you, paraphrasing, come in this place drunk. And she says, oh no, my Lord, for I am not drunk, but I have poured myself out before the Lord. And he looks at her and he realizes I hadn't been there in a long time but she's in the presence of Almighty God. Have you ever been so in an intimate moment with God, you don't even know what you're saying, you don't know what it looks like, but you don't care? Oh, preacher, if I come to the altar, they might talk about me. So what? Brother Nolan, if I pray and the church leaves, See, you're not in his presence. Because if you get in his presence, you don't even realize anybody else is here. When you get in the presence of the Lord in a prayer meeting of the night, I came in early, was praying, and honestly, I felt bad later because I really interrupted the prayer meeting. But I was in a place where God was speaking to me and I couldn't leave. Last Sunday's message and this came from that prayer meeting. And I knew what the Lord told me to say. But when you get in his presence, you don't worry about if it fits in anybody else's time. Daddy, the, the Super Bowl's coming on. Son, I'm already lost in the Super Bowl. Daddy, Daddy we, we, we gotta go. Son, I've been praying for you. And I, let me tell you what the Lord's saying about your life. You ain't gotta call Cleo. I've already talked to the Holy Ghost. But see, we're worried. It's time that we get back in his presence and have that intimate encounter that's not cheap worship. I'm so tired of hurry, cheap worship. Call to worship, two songs, offering. You gotta hurry. If you forget their birthday, they get mad. If you get, forget this, they get mad. And nobody cares about what God is saying. But God is looking for a church who would love him and love people and will stay so much in his presence that we're not afraid to cast out a devil if need be. Because we realize if God be for us, then who can be against us? Last thing and I close. Michael, you will never have a child. Hannah, so be it. And I want to watch what I say here because we do have young people. Listen to me. She washes her face. She gets up. The priest has spoken. She goes back to her home. She cleanses herself. Her and her husband go on a date. And the next thing you know, from barrenness to a child. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's some of you, you're trying to manufacture what only can be birthed in the spirit. Listen to me and I close.
You cannot do it. Cute church, quick church, find a preacher, find a teacher, find somebody else to pray, will not do it. You want to pray that person out of somebody's life? You cannot do it over a Happy Meal. Hello? You want to pray through the breakthrough? You can't quit because you didn't get what you wanted the first time you prayed. You've got to be like that little widow to the unjust judge in Luke 18. Sir, I'm never going to stop knocking on your door. You either give me what I want or I'm going to keep you up the rest of your life. And the king says, somebody give the lady what she wants. And Jesus said, I'm not an unjust judge. I don't know who I came to preach to as they begin to play. It's time for you to give birth to what you desire. But it won't happen on a cheap date. It happens in intimacy. God, I don't know why my son's not saved. I have prayed and I have been faithful. Faithful. Pinnock continues to be blessed as she lives ungodly and I don't understand it, God. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with being honest with God. But God, I want you to know I'm not gonna stop petitioning you. As much as I want the new car, the new job, the new this, I want you more. So if I gotta continue to drive the hoopty to North Walhalla and let people make fun of me, so be it. But I'd rather have you. Aren't you tired? We've got all the necessities. Cars, houses, jewelries, boats, jet skis, vacation homes at the beach and in the mountains. But the one thing that will never anything in this world take place of is his presence. It's the mystery of intimacy. You can be Michael and be barren, or you can be Hannah and give birth. She gives birth to a child named Samuel he would grow and begin to hear the voice of the Lord. And after hearing the voice of the Lord, he would grow up to be a great man of God who would set kings up and set kings down. It all happened in God's sovereignty because one woman cried out unto the Lord. Would you stand with me, please? Real quickly. Last week, we were on a high. And the message started out like that, but about halfway through, I felt God get intimate. There's some hurting people in this house. There's one young lady that God's revealed to me, you are a good woman of God, but the people around you are hurting you. I wanna pray with you, but you've gotta come on your own. You are a good woman of God, and the people around you continue to try to pull at you, you stay in his presence. All over this house, you will say, Pastor, there's some things I desire that I want to see come to pass and for whatever reason, it's not happening. You say, Pastor, I, I, I want a mate. I, I want somebody to marry. That's a good thing. It's not good for a man to be alone. But it's got to be the right person. It's got to be birth and intimacy first with God. Amen? All over this house, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want my prayer warriors to get ready. I believe there needs to be some one-on-one -on -one prayers this morning. Would you step out on the count of three for those who say, I need God's presence in my life. I want to give birth. I'm tired of being barren. One, 
I'm not Michael, Pastor. I'm really not. I, I want to be like Hannah. And I've been a little afraid of what they might think. Two, I don't care anymore. I desire God's presence. They're coming. They're coming. Three, would you come, would you come all over the house? Come quickly. Come quickly. It's up to you. It's up to you. Hannah wanted it. I can't make you want it. I can't make you want it. You have to want it. I can't make you want it. What do you want from God? What do you want from God? Thank you for coming. Rory, I need some men to help me, pastors. Tony, help me, please. I need some people to help right here. There should be others at this altar. There should be others at this altar. There are others you know, you know you're dry, you're barren. You're barren. You're not giving birth to what you desire. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Let me do this, let me do this. I didn't think I'd have to do this, but let me do this. If you would, please, those who would, would you just make your way to the altar and stand and let me pray a general prayer over you? Would you stand, come quickly. All those, all those in the house, all those that would, just come, just come, just come. Just, I'm hoping that some people will join in with you. That's what I'm hoping. I'm being honest. Come, come, get as close as you can to the altar. Get as close as you can to the altar. No one else like you. No one else like you. Come on, Bo. Come on up a little more, buddy. Come on up. Get close. Get close. Get close. Get close. Keep coming. 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 Nikki, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Fill us all. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name. I want these to continue to pray. I want you to be very reverent. And I mean this. I believe in some services coming up. There's going to be people that stay all day and pray. Let them. Let them stay in the presence of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Can we give God praise? I want you to be very reverent, please. I'm going to make my way to the front door. If you'll give me just a moment, we're going to close out in prayer. Amen. Brother Joy, if you would pray, give me just a moment to get to the front door.